0: Sophie, and I'm an eighth grade student in a middle school in Utah. My language arts class has recently completed the book by Gary Schmidt, Okay for Now. Throughout the reading, my class has compared Audubon's paintings for each specific chapter to Doug's circumstances in that moment in the story. For now follows a boy who has just moved into a new town, a town that he despises. His life has never been easy, as he has suffered from abuse from his father, harassment being targeted towards him by his brothers, being the prime victim of the bullying coming from his gym teacher, and having an extra hard time in his academics. The story follows Doug Swiatek and his what could be interpreted as a terrible life and how he could potentially turn into being a good person, son, brother, and student. The story shows how there's good in everyone and how you can't validate judging someone, especially if you don't know their whole story. It demonstrates the fact that you never know everything that a person is going through and how it is never too late to completely turn a life around. Throughout the reading, I have noticed how Audubon's birds are not always representative of Doug directly, but sometimes are used to intensify the development happening in that chapter. By using certain birds that have certain behaviors that could show opposition to what is actually happening in the specific chapter, or in more simplified terms, some of the birds being used are actually not representative of Doug and his circumstances. The black-backed gull is one of the birds that is not representative of Doug's current circumstances for a while in the chapter. Audubon's painting of the black-backed gull is illustrated as being very injured. In the book, it is described as calling out in pain, with an outstretched wing that seems as if it's reaching for help. There is blood leaking out from the injured bird, and it could very well be interpreted as if it's taking its final few breaths. As mentioned, the black backed gull is the first of Audubon's paintings that demonstrates opposition of the species' behavior and Doug's current circumstances. These birds are known to be predators, as they tend to eat many other live animals, including other birds. Doug has never been the kind of person to attack other people, as he is typically the one being attacked. Although, I do understand why the author did put this bird. For this chapter as at the end of the chapter something truly horrible happens but i would like to focus on the actual species behavior these birds are feared and in that way they do not represent doug while he can be quite defiant and or rude at some moments in the story he is ultimately not an antagonist instead the victim The snowy heron is the next bird that does not represent Doug and his situation, but instead it represents the growth that was currently happening in the chapter. While the picture of the snowy heron is not anything significant to the story, there is one behavior of this bird in particular that contrasts Doug's situation completely. You see, this species of birds are known for committing siblicide quite oftenly. Siblicide is defined as the killing of a sibling or siblings and these birds are known for doing so in an attempt to either get more food or attention from the mother bird. Doug and his brothers have never gotten along, whether it's the harassment coming from one of his brothers, Christopher, or the memories of his eldest brother, Lucas, that continue to haunt him even after his brother has left to serve in the military. However, once Lucas returns from war, Doug and Christopher both jump on the task of helping Lucas come back to normal life and try to continue to live with the trauma of war, living with the loss of his legs and or mobility, trying to function with the fact that his eyes may never be able to work again, and so on. They stop fighting and the mutual hatred between the three brothers dies down quite a lot as Doug and Christopher continue to help Lucas through his struggles and even tend to stay up at night with him to help comfort and be there for Lucas when he has nightmares. As you can see, this is quite the opposite of the snowy heron and is not representative of the current circumstances whatsoever. So it amplifies the growth happening throughout the chapter. The brown pelican is the third and final bird that does not directly represent Doug and his circumstances. The brown pelican is representative of the stability and instability that occurs throughout the book. And in the chapter, Doug's view on if the bird uh, in the painting is stable or unstable will alter quite a decent amount. The painting of the brown pelican shows the bird being balanced on a tree branch, but it is unclear if the balance of this bird is steady or not, creating the issue in Doug's mind where he is unsure on the matter. Throughout the chapter, Doug's current circumstances were mostly steady at the moment, aside from the few moments where he felt uneasy as a result of the certain actions of Mr. Ballard, the boss of Doug's father's work. However, Doug's behaviors have been very stable throughout the chapter, especially compared to other moments in the book. While Doug ultimately views the depiction of the bird as unstable, I still feel like Doug was in a stable moment in the story, despite what other people may try to paint. To conclude, Audubon's birds are not always being used to directly represent Doug but instead being used to amplify the development happening in that chapter by using birds that their species have certain behaviors that could show opposition to the events occurring. Or, in more simplified terms, some of the birds being used are actually not representative of Doug and his circumstances, but are being used to emphasize the events in the chapter. As mentioned, three of the birds that follow this idea are the black-backed gull, the snowy heron, and the brown pelican. We see the author use certain birds that have behaviors that actually demonstrate the opposite of the events in the chapter, and we can assume it is to emphasize the unusual uh, growth occurring, and we see this happen multiple times throughout the book. Personally, I think one thing in particular that all of us can learn after completing the book is the fact that no matter the circumstance, things can always get better or worse for that matter. After listening to this podcast, I think we should all try to be more aware of the people around us and not be so quick to judge as we don't know what they could be going through. If you see someone who looks like they need a new friend or someone to talk to, be that person.